word today. I'm your host, Johnny Griffin, and this is How you doing, I am? You can't start laughing before we get started. That was all you <laughs> She's laughing before we even get started. Hi, I am Levi Johnny Griffin. This is Word Today. I'm your host. This is your lovely co-host. Porsche Franklin. And we are, we are here with the amazing, the incomparable, the undeniable, the undisputable heavyweight champion of ministry, Pastor L.A., Dr. L.A., Williams, how you doing, Hi, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I was looking for the fellow you was introducing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so great to have you on the show. So I know you have a remarkably busy, remarkably busy schedule. So to come and spend some time with us this evening to shoot um, this episode of Word Today, Word from Our Leaders, where we're grabbing senior pastors from all over the city, all over the region. Uh, and maybe even all over the country to come and just sit down and talk with us about life, love, and some of the controversial topics out there. There's enough out there in America to talk <laughs> about. So we always get the world's perspective from the news media. Mm -hmm. So the whole purpose of this series is to get the man of God's, God's perspective on some of these issues that we have going on. So before we get too heavy in, just tell us a little bit about the ministry uh, a little bit about um, you just celebrated 34 years uh, of pastoring, mm -hmm. um, which is powerful. A lot of pastors can't celebrate five <laughs> and you celebrated 34. And I got I was blessed to be able to be a part of that. I was on one of the programs doing some spoken word, a hidden talent. You guys out there didn't even know. Um, nobody was just blam. It was out there. Shocked some folks. So yeah, it was a secret. It was a surprise. I wanted to surprise you. We were surprised, right? Yes, I was. See, bam. And uh, so 34 years. So tell us a little bit about 34 years. Tell us about the ministry um, and a little bit about your story. Wow. Let's see, how do you capsulize 34 years? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, certainly let me uh, express a word of appreciation for the invitation. Oh, thank you. Uh, because thank you. clearly, um, there are many people who could be sitting in this seat right now and could probably provide a much more um, interesting interview. I don't know about uh, that. As it relates <laughs> to that, but um, thank you for the consideration, uh, number one. Uh, as it relates to the 34, mm. um, uh, we're grateful to God for the privilege of being able to serve as pastor uh, of this one church uh, here in San Antonio for 34 years. And uh, we began in December of 1984, uh, as it relates to that. And um, I don't think Porsche was born. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We start every video. I got him in something. Well, I tell you what. Uh, you know, uh, when I came, I was young, and and this is probably outdates both of you. But there was a fella called Link on the Mob Squad. It was a picture way back, long time ago. And he had this humongous afro. And that was back in the day when afros were really, you know, showing up big afros. Mm. And um, um, uh, I came to San Antonio wearing a big afro. And of course, when you look at my head now, uh, that's not really afrocentric at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
was in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Like when she first went back in the day, you used to have a head full of hair and yeah. a pro and everything. Yeah, well, you know, time does bring about a change. <laughs> but uh, but nonetheless, you know, again, I'm grateful to the Lord for the privilege of being able to have served this people of God for the 34 years. And, uh, you know, uh, they have been a great 34 years. And of course, I would not uh, want anybody to interpret that to mean that in those 34 years, there has not been uh, challenging moments. Uh, but uh, in spite of whatever those challenges may have been, it is clearly obvious that uh, uh, God wanted me to be where I am and I'm still here. And I believe to the very bottom of my heart that the people of God who I still serve uh, love me for being here and want me to continue to be here for as long as God allows. So uh, if I may, let me just give him the credit and give him the praise uh, for being able to make the assignment possible and certainly for the anointing that he himself had to place upon my life because it is not something that is uh, self-conceived. It has to be given from above. So we grateful to God for the anointing as well as for the appointment and the assignment that comes with this with this 34 years. Uh, the Lord has done great work with us uh, as it relates to that as a church. Uh, we've been involved on many different fronts. We've worked uh, with many different uh, organizations uh, to improve and, and bring about a betterment in the lives of people across the years. High focus on youth and, and as it relates to that. And of course, uh, whenever we found ourselves facing natural disasters, not only within our city, our state, but also our country, our church has been on the forefront of being able to help and to assist others during those particular times. And I believe that because we have been when we find ourselves in the midst of a natural disaster, mm -hmm. the flood of 1998 that literally wiped out our church and caused us to have to relocate from the east side to the northeast side, that because our bread was cast on the waters, yeah. bread came back to us in a time of need mm -hmm. and people helped us to regain our footing and foundation and to build again and to be who we are and where we are today. So we're grateful to God. We're grateful to people who've given and supported the ministry and who've had a sense of confidence in the leadership that God has placed in that ministry. And so uh, maybe that's a capsulizing as much as I can do at the moment mm -hmm. relative to the 34 years. Looking for 35, as a matter of fact. There you go. <laughs> I, I know. I think that was done brilliantly. Um, I'm sure Porsche would agree. Now, 34 years. You know, being in ministry, I have the, the beauty to have a lot of pastoral friends and I don't know any, um, but I have one that can boast 30 plus years um, in ministry. Mm. Uh, so for all the rest of us, uh, what would your advice be for um, not just maintaining um, but for maintaining and succeeding. And what I call success is not having eight churches with a million people each building, but seeing people's lives truly changed. Um, not having a dead church, not having people that sit in the pews, but people that on fire for Jesus that grow. And all of us kind of on fire at one point, we cool. Um, but just having longevity in ministry, 
with true transformation throughout those years. Wow. That's and I know that's unpacking a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that's what you call a multifaceted question. <laughs> now, here's what happens when you get old, <laughs> Griff. When you get old, you know, your memory gets short. Mm. And you almost need a long pencil mm. when you got a short mind. So that way you can kind of keep track of where you are and where you're going. And so, so let me see. If I can, if I can hold on to uh, different pieces of what I heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let me begin with number one. And that is, I think it's so important for you to understand your purpose, mm-hmm. to know your purpose and to walk in that purpose yeah. and to be so determined and disciplined about it that in essence, you don't let anything move you from your purpose That's good. as it relates to that. Mm-hmm. And so what I've thought to do is number one, to always know who I am and what my purpose is. And when I say my purpose, it's the purpose that God has given me, that God has called me to be in and to walk within and to serve within. And so when you know your purpose, then basically you are able to address and to deal with whatever comes and not to be detoured, derailed, uh, are totally just literally discouraged or dismayed because of the challenges that come along. So I would say, number one, uh, to any minister, uh, whether uh, whether pastoring or not, number one, uh, know your purpose, know your purpose, and then purpose that you're going to walk within that purpose regardless, no matter what. Uh, Jesus gives us a great example uh, as it relates to number one, understanding what your purpose is. You know, he often talked about his father sent him and what he came to do. And when he talked in those ways, it was always reflective of knowing what my purpose is. And even when people could not identify with his purpose and some walked away, Jesus was never bothered about their walking away. He simply would turn to those 12 disciples who were with him and say, now, let me ask you a question. They left me because they can't identify with my purpose. What are you going to do? Because I'm going to continue to do what God has called me to do and to walk within that, even if others don't want to walk with me no more. Mm-hmm. And so Peter said, where are we going to go, Lord? <laughs> say, you're the one who got the words of eternal life. So in the 34 years, I've sought simply to understand my purpose, know my purpose, walk within that purpose, not be detoured, derailed, mm-hmm. or discouraged if things were not necessarily always going you know, maybe in the best of ways and so forth and so on. So uh, I would say that to the to the young person. And then certainly to understand that people will be people. Yes, uh, the reality side is that people will be people. And I'm simply saying it, that as it relates to uh, people are sometimes up, they're sometimes down. They're mm-hmm. sometimes excited, sometimes they're not so excited. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're in it, sometimes they're not so in it. Mm-hmm. If I can say it like this, sometimes they're real churchy, and then sometimes they ain't churchy at all. <laughs> and so you have to learn how to be patient with people because people don't always move at the progression that you want to move within when you're trying to live within your purpose. When you're living within your purpose, you have an ideal that you wish people would be able to gravitate to, but people don't always gravitate to your purpose or to God's purpose with you as quickly as you would like to see them do that. So you have to learn how to be patient with people. Can I give you a simple formula? Yeah. Here it is. Number one, be patient with people. Number two, 
be patient with people. <laughs> Number three, be patient with people. Mm. Because sometimes it just takes longer to get where you're trying to go in God and in the kingdom's work mm. with people than maybe what you thought or expected or anticipated because you have to at times be patient with people. So I think transformation comes, but it doesn't come overnight. Mm. People experience change, but it doesn't always happen instantaneously. In the natural sense of life, there are some things that you can plant and they grow up quickly. And there are other seeds that you can plant, but they take longer to grow. And so even in human relationships and, and in our own uh, experiences of faith, I think that sometimes people are like plants. Some come up quickly, mm. some take a little bit longer to grow. Some roots grow deeper, some roots kind of just run across the top mm. of the ground mm -hmm. and they're not really rooted and stable as some others. Mm. But understanding the character of people, the nature of people and how to be patient with people, I think is important in being able to see a sense of success. We never want to measure success by the size of a congregation mm. because God doesn't measure our success based on our size. God measures success based on our faithfulness. When you are faithful to your assignment, you're faithful to doing what God has called you to do. You may never pass a mega church as uh, the Olsteins or the Jakes as it relates to that. But if you've been faithful to your assignment, here's the one thing that I do know, that the same one who says well done to them will say well done to you when you've been faithful to your assignment. Mm -hmm. And so I measure success not by the accolades of men, but simply waiting on the, the assurance of God that the work and the labor I've done will speak for me and I'll hear him speak to me and say, thank you, sir. Well done. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's really, really deep. Some good nuggets right there. Shifting gears a little bit. Um, last night, every Monday right here on these couches, we do a Bible study called 747 and have done some kind of form or fashion of it for a while. Okay. Um, before that, we had a walk with Jesus where we meet on Saturdays right at the Smoking Joe's barbecue on Weedner Road. And we'd have a group and we just kind of walk through the Bible. And now this has become 747 where we meet here Mondays at 747 and do it. And we were walking through Genesis. We took a small break from Genesis to get into to watch a couple of videos by Tim Keller called Reason for God when he's promoting his book, Reason for God. He did a Google talk <clears throat> and he was at the Veritas Forum answering questions from atheists, uh, other faiths. And he said some remarkable stuff in defense of the gospel. Um, people were asking him questions like, where is God in a time of pain and suffering? Um, where he had some very uh, pointed, soft, yet good answers. Mm. Um, and they were asking him about um, the exclusiveness of Christianity because um, there's lots of religions, yet only, um, yet there are, Christianity is one of the few that says we're the only way. Um, and some people call that exclusive, that, mm -hmm. well, you know, secular relativism or religious relativism will tell us there are many ways to God. Just choose a highway and, and get on, right? 
Uh, yet as Christians and as believers, we say, no, there's one way to God, and that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Tim Keller's answer is this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give his answer, and then I'll, I'll ask, get your answer. Um, but Tim Keller says it's like this. It starts with Jesus Christ. It's not narrow-minded to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven if Jesus Christ is who he said he is. If Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God, Jesus Christ really came and died on a cross, and, it, and he truly is who he said he is, and it's not narrow-minded to say he is the only way to heaven. No more narrow-minded than it will be to say um, the builder of a building built a certain house. Um, there might be millions of houses, but if that builder built that house, then it's accurate to say that that house was built by that builder. Mm -hmm. If Jesus truly is the son of God, then it's accurate to say that he is the way to heaven. So for all of those out there, that may be, you know, we have all these seeker friendly churches that are looking for the seekers, for all of the seekers out there that are on the fence about whether it should be Buddhist or whether it should be atheist. They just don't know. They're kind of, you know, seeking through life. What would you tell them about Christianity and why Jesus is the way? Hmm. Let's see. May I begin by rephrasing? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, because in response to uh, the author of uh, the person, uh, Keller. Tim Keller. Tim yes. Keller. Um, the word was used on numerous occasions, if, if Jesus, if Christ. Mm. Um, I want to I change that from if to the word since. Yes. Because it's not a question of if he is. Yeah. In reality, he is. Now, since he is, as and, and we place the word since in, which gives him credibility mm. as it relates to that, and we're not supposing and wondering, mm. and we're not conjecturing and, and, and so forth and so on, but we're coming down to the brass tacks in relationship to our tenets of faith and belief. Mm -hmm. He is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he is uh, also because, uh, quite frankly, he says he is. Yeah. Okay. It's not simply a matter of what we say. It's about what he said. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Mm -hmm. I am the life. I am the door. Mm -hmm. I am the good shepherd. I am the light. So in so many instances, he himself um, acclaims himself to be, affirms himself to be the way. Um, I would say to... Um, uh, to all of those who are possibly viewing right now, that if perchance you walked uh, into a, um, a pharmacy and as you walked into the pharmacy, you would see all of these different medications across the wall on shelves as it relates to that. You have a particular issue. You have a particular need. And there are many different medications that are available to people who have varying needs, but all of them won't address your particular need. Yeah. You have to select or the right one has to be selected for you that meets your need. And you can take 50 different medications off of that shelf, but those mm -hmm. 50 different medications may not solve where your real problem is. Wow. And so what we have wow. to understand is, is that there are many different world religions, but ultimately, the real problem with man and with humanity, 
has to do with our sin nature. And the only one who really addresses in a very positive way and in a very profound way, good God Almighty, I feel something happening right Come here, on now. is Jesus Christ. And what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do in relationship to the believer, to the person who wants to believe, who will believe, who will exercise the faith, Jesus Christ says that I am the way to eternal life. I am the way to your soul salvation and having uh, the kind of relationship with the eternal God that you really need to have. There's a place in every person's life that can only really be filled by God. And I don't care, it's like a puzzle. There are many different pieces, but each piece will have to fit only in its correct spot. And you can find a piece and try to put it in a spot where it don't belong all day long. But until you put the right piece for that puzzle into that place, you'll have an incomplete picture. And there are many people who have an incomplete life because they're trying to put something else in the place where only one person can really go. Mm. And that's Jesus Christ himself. And until you put him in there, your life will never really be as complete as it's supposed to be. And so it is, I would encourage those who may be hearing me right now to understand that in essence, every quote unquote world religion or every religion has its particular tenets, has its uh, particular uh, fundamental beliefs. But ultimately, when it comes down to the soul of man, to the eternal life of man, there are some things that basically, I think all religions help us as relates to our social behavior in terms of that. But man goes beyond a need for having a social behavior. He needs to also have a spiritual relationship. So social behavior helps us to be able to deal with one another, but a spiritual relationship helps us to deal with our creator, our God, and our savior. And so it is when we talk about Jesus Christ and him being uh, the fundamental piece of the puzzle that you must have. Understand, we're not trying to make you accept just anything. We're trying to help you to accept the right somebody who actually feels the spot that nobody else can feel. That's really sad. So I'm hoping I'm kind of touching somewhere no, that's where great. the question was. That's great. I just want to say that this is my pastor here in San Antonio. And the church name is Wheatley Heights First Baptist Church on Mid Crown near Walton. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> Poor Shay's excited. <laughs> All the pastors get to plug the churches at the end, but she wants to jump. I just want them to know where the good teachings come from. That's all I had to say. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people, females, males, have kind of coalesced behind the Me Too movement. Um, are you familiar a little bit with the Me Too movement? Help me out. So the Me Too movement are women that feel disenfranchised. They feel looked over. They feel, uh, you know, underpaid, undervalued. They feel like second class citizens. Um, so the hashtag has been me too. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, Hey, uh, it, it reminds me of like the black lives matter. Like, uh, with black lives matter. It was like, Hey, 
your lives matter, but black lives matter as well. And some people took that to mean like, no, man, black lives don't matter. All lives matter. But that's basically what black lives matter was saying. It's like, hey, white lives matter, Asian lives matter, but black lives matter as well. It's kind of how they put it. The Me Too movement, I, I put this, I personally kind of group it in the same um, ideology or the same way of thinking as um, women deserve rights. Women deserve not to be harassed. Women deserve equal pay for equal work. Um, and that's the, you know, and it started, I think, with Hollywood where women were underpaid in movies, even if they were starring. So what is, what is your take and what is um, the biblical take on that? I've always said, and I'll tell people this, um, you know, when someone asked me about, you know, female rights or they asked me about women preachers um, and women leaders as far as it pertains to church, I always tell them, hey, some of the greatest leaders the church ever had were female. When you look at one of the first prophets being, you know, Miriam, Moses' sister, one of the first, one of the greatest leaders being Deborah. And you have the story of Ruth uh, and you have so many of these great uh, matriarchs throughout biblical history. Um, but what is the stance on uh, your stance and we feel the Lord's stance is on the, not just the Me Too movement, but female rights, pay, leadership um, as it pertains to equality? Well, let's see. Um... And this is kind of a standard that I ask all pastors. I love to hear the answers to, to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We're we talking about the past or we're talking about what's getting ready to happen in the future. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you know, um, as you, as you think about, you know, all that you were sharing as, as far as the Me Too movement is concerned, mm -hmm. um, um, from a historical perspective, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you could take that into so many different areas or to arenas as it relates to that, because um, from a historical perspective, perspective uh, we as a people of color were simply saying, me too. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in slavery days, when we were considered less and counted as less, you know, we were simply saying, me too. That, there's, that, there, is, that there is a humanity to us and there is much within us that we are capable of offering as it relates to that. And all we want is freedom and the opportunity to prove ourselves to be who we are capable of being as it relates to that. So give us opportunity, give us chance, give us education, give us, you know, uh, emancipation uh, as it relates to that. Help us to have an economy uh, a fair wage, and if if this guy can make that, and I'm doing the very same job, then why not pay me at the same scale if I'm giving you the very same product? And of course, uh, so historically, as a people, uh, it's been about me too, voting rights, me too. So you can go from the political, you can go from the humanitarian side, you can go to the employment side. You can go to the educational side. I mean, just there's so many different areas where, in essence, the Me Too part comes to light. And so 
uh, as it relates to gender more so than race. Again, uh, you have um, a reason for uh, there to be a, um, a, a considerable amount of concern in the, in the Me Too because men, uh, quite frankly, were paid more than women as it relates to that. And so the first thing, I guess, is that um, uh, understanding that there are women who are as smart as men and there are women who are smarter than men as it relates to that. And so there are women who have skills, who have talents, who have gifts, who have abilities. And uh, because of that gender, they should not necessarily be seen as less or substandard or if you will always be in a subservient position simply because of that gender. Um, uh, and, and so um, they had, they have had and have the right as it relates to that to simply say, uh, can we just all get along? Can I be respected? Can I be uh, given the consideration that, you know, uh, certainly I feel I'm, I'm warranted because of what's within me mm. that I believe that improves society, the marketplace, the whole nine yards. And so um, uh, the, the Me Too movement, I think, is not over with as it relates to that, uh, because there will always be ongoing uh, battles and skirmishes as it relates to uh, some particular area or domain mm. where, you know, that that will that will manifest itself. And so. Uh, ultimately, I think it goes back to, uh, number one, establishing uh, maybe quite possibly some priorities mm-hmm. and, and understanding quite po- as well a, a sense of purpose in relationship to the individual who wants to be uh, recognized in the Me Too expression. Uh, um, 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 how do I prioritize um, my my work, how do I prioritize my role? How do I prioritize the things I want to accomplish and achieve? And uh, as it relates to that, so as much as I may have dreams and goals and so forth and so on, um, do these dreams and goals keep me from fulfilling a greater purpose that's maybe an assignment that's on my life? So on the one hand, I want to be a person who achieves but at the same time, I want to be a person who, in essence, uh, is doing what my God intended purpose and role is uh, as it relates to that. And so when I prioritize things, this may be important to me, but this is important to me as well. And so how do I bring balance to my life uh, in those regards to where uh, it's about making sure I'm fulfilling this, even if you won't allow me to fulfill this? Okay, and so uh, 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 um, uh, it's one thing for you to hinder me. It's another thing for me to basically halt my own desires uh, as it relates to that simply because I'm trying to fulfill a greater purpose. And in halting them, I'm not saying I'm not capable of doing this. I'm just simply saying my passion as it relates to that my purpose is more so here than it is here. But know that I'm gifted to be there. And if I want to go there, you ought to allow me to go there uh, uh, in terms of that. So um, uh, there are there are many great uh, leaders who served 
uh, in the life of our country, women of renown, uh, just to think of one, and of course this being February and Black History Month, uh, Barbara Jordan, my goodness, when you think of the kind of contribution she's made uh, for women and helped women to be able to excel in relationship to that, not only in terms of government, but you know, coming down the ladder into, into the marketplace in so many ways, uh, that uh, she's a great symbol for us of uh, what women can accomplish and achieve and do. And so if it's not wrong for me to say so, and, and I know we've kind of been in a spiritual vein, but, but this one is kind of maybe in both. Can I say something about Aretha? No, go ahead. Go I'm talking ahead. about I'm talking about the Queen, man. Yeah. I'm talking about Aretha. Listen, listen. You got to give props, uh-huh. you know, uh, as it relates to that, because she comes through a time a time zone in essence where uh, so much was disallowed and so much uh, was negative against her, but in spite of it, she rose above, and and even now her legacy just totally lives on because, you know, from gospel music to, if you will, soul music, whatever the case may be, you got to say that in essence, here is a woman who in essence said, me too, and had the drive, had the passion, had the ability, had the skills, and helped to elevate other artists, I believe, as a result of her own uh, sense of passion uh, for wanting to be considered and wanting to be counted. Mm -hmm. And so, so I believe that uh, God is the kind of God, in essence, who gifts people. Yeah. And when God gifts people, who are we to really literally <laughs> uh, mm. want to stifle the gift, question the gift, or, 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 or command the gift in terms of that? Um, same God who made the moon is the God who made the sun. Yeah. As it relates to that in all of the planetary systems and mm. within our universe. And that God can place within an individual whatever he want to place within them Mm -hmm. in terms of that. And when God puts it within them, you know, you trying to keep it from coming up and coming out is almost uh, not going to happen because if it's in there, it's going to come out. So it's 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 um, just kind of right on time because I was talking to a guy last night um, after uh, 747. And he was saying that he was, he has the ability to do photography, has the ability to do music. And he was telling me how he was pulling out of some of the stuff he's doing at the church. He was part of communications and the connections and stuff ministry at the church to do his, to follow kind of some of his dreams and ambitions. And, and I know the, the feeling, I kind of talked with him about it and he came to the conclusion on his own that, it may not be so great to walk through certain doors. Even if all the doors are open, you don't want to, there are certain doors that you may want to walk through, certain you may not want to. And he, mm-hmm. and and I agreed with him that pulling from the service of God just to, to, to kind of follow mm-hmm. personal ambitions, even if they're kind of ministerial in a way, because it was mm-hmm. Christian music, um, might not be the best route. And I, and I was speaking with him and I was saying that you never saw like the 12 disciples stop preaching the gospel to go do a mixtape, you know, mm-hmm. or to go back to fishing, you mm-hmm. know, or go to some other ambition, you know, now if you can do them in parallel or in tandem, um, I think that's good. And I, and I also told him this, 
Uh, it may be right, it may be wrong, but I, I truly believe that God will make room for you. It says your gift will make room for you. I believe he will make room for you, open doors for you faster when you're serving him than you chasing it. And I just have, that's my own testimony. When I chased after things and they weren't negative things, mm -hmm. but when you chase after even positive things, um, you're doing it just kind of in your own strength. Mm -hmm. When you chase after God, Matthew six, he begins to open these doors and mm -hmm. give you everything that you need. Um, so talk to me about ambitions, personal ambitions versus spiritual, I won't call them ambitious, spiritual calling, what God wants you to do versus just some, some of your own personal things that you want to do. I know you, we've spoken about doing like real estate and other different things. How do you balance? Um, and you were talking about with, uh, and your statement answering to me too, there's doors where you may want to prioritize one door over another. How do you find the balance in your own life um, and which door to go through, which opportunity to take and make sure that your personal ambitions aren't getting in the way of the calling that God has on your life? Wow. Hold on. You got a quarter. I want to flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, because let me tell you something. Um, uh, boy, I tell you, that's, that's, a, that's a biggie right there. Okay. Um, there's an old saying, and um, I hope it I hope it fits well right here. This thing, but there's an old saying that goes like this: All money is not good money. Yeah. Okay. And not that not that money itself is inherently evil, but um, um, the way you acquire that money mm -hmm. or what you give up in order to gain that money as it relates to that may in essence mean that you're getting more from a materialistic point of view, okay, and a, and a sense of wealth, but uh, that's not really the blessing. You can accumulate something and it not necessarily be a blessing. And so the question is, uh, where am I involved? Where am I engaged that in essence I believe that um, it is a blessing for me and others are being blessed because I'm involved, I'm engaged mm -hmm. in it. And so and so it's about trying to understand how to balance that at times because um, there are times when you almost have to check yourself. Yeah. Literally, check yourself and sit down and have a talk with yourself and, and understand that it's okay to have a talk with yourself as long as when you start, you know, hearing a voice coming back, you understand it's still you and it's not somebody else. Because mm -hmm. that's what you call crazy right there. <laughs> 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 but it's not crazy to have a real conversation with yourself and check yourself and ask yourself, okay, why do I want this? Why is this my dream? Why is this my goal? Why is this my ambition? Why do I have to have this now rather than later or at all? And so uh, when you when you really be true and real and frank with yourself, you may discover that beneath your ambition is envy. Okay. And beneath your desire to accomplish and to achieve something is simply because yeah. of a kind of covetousness. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. wanting to have something somebody else has mm-hmm. or not wanting somebody else to have it, but believing it's really supposed to be yours in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so you almost have to sometimes literally check yourself, talk to yourself and understand what's your real drive. Again, I think it gets back to the question of purpose, understanding what my purpose is and wanting to be sure that in the end, I have not totally deviated from what my real and true purpose may be uh, uh, as it relates to that. And, and, and understanding that even though I may have the wherewithal to be a number of things, it doesn't mean I have to be all of them and, and be satisfied to be content with who you are, what your assignment is, what God has called you to do. And even if you never reach or ascend to some levels of recognition or affluence and, and wealth um, uh, as other people, and there's nothing wrong with having nice things, enjoying nice things, and all as it relates to the material sides of life. But ultimately, uh, am I fulfilling the purpose that God has given to me? Mm. And 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 in terms of that, and can I can I be comfortable being me at whatever level of comfort I'm living, even though I'm capable of living at another level? But in order to do that, it means I've got to totally move away from my assignment and my purpose to be able to have those things. So why are they so important to me? Okay. And should they be that important to me? And can I learn how to be content with whatever things I currently have in terms of that? My grandmother taught me something as a child many, many years ago. I should say my great grandmother because she lived, she lived in what we call a shotgun house. Y'all know what a shotgun house is? Oh, yeah. Okay, she lived in a shotgun house. You know what a shotgun house is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> lived in a oh, shotgun house as it relates to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know what that means. Basically, when you come through the front door, mm-hmm. as it relates to that, you're already in the living room, living room and bedroom combined. Mm-hmm. And then you keep straight on through and then you're into another bedroom and then you keep straight on through. Then you're into the kitchen area mm-hmm. with a little bitty dining room table that's shoved up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you're out the back door. <laughs> that, that's the extent of it in terms of that. And so I asked her one time because as a child, we were growing I mean, we were there all the time and, and she slept in the bed and you could tell that it had sink places in it, mm-hmm. you know, where she laid all of the time. And I said, you know, and then she had this old dresser that, you know, it, it was peeling, you know, the, 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 the finish on it was worn and mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff and everything. So I asked her, when I said, Grandma, I say, how come you don't get a new bed and a new dresser? She said, because I'm fine with the dresser I have and the bed I'm in. It's good enough for me. It's comfortable enough for me. And I said, but Granny, I know you got money. You can, you know, you can have a better bed and a better. She said, I know I could but I'm comfortable with what I have. And as long as you're comfortable wow. with who you wow. are Good and what you have, Good then the bottom line is regardless of what other people have, yeah. she wasn't trying to impress nobody. As long as she was comfortable, that's all that mattered to her. Mm-hmm. And so it is. I learned from her in essence that you don't have to always have the best of everything for you to feel good about yourself. As really said, and your and your 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 conditions and your surroundings, and as long as you're pleased with who you are and how you're doing as a relation to that, 
whether you ever impress other people with what you have from a materialistic point of view, you know, is irrelevant. And so when it comes down to some achievements and accomplishments, uh, the bottom line is you have to ask yourself, why do I want this? Why do I feel I need this? Yeah. What's my real aim and goal mm. for, for, for wanting to do this? Mm. And so I think that in essence, uh, we have to, you know, be real and true to ourselves and then come to understand that there are some things I can really do without and live without. And it doesn't mean I'm incapable of going there. It just simply mean I choose not to go there mm. as far as that's concerned. I don't need that. But um, uh, when, it, when it comes to ministry, um, I think that there are that there are persons who are capable of of wearing, if you will, more than one hat. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if if you are gifted and and able to do that, then you know God bless you, uh, because uh, there are persons who are who are artists as it relates to music, but they're also pastors. Okay, and of course the question is. Which one is really my primary assignment? Yeah. An artist, musically, sing, I've got albums. I mean, you know, I'm on the top 10 charts and all of that. Mm -hmm. But which one is really my primary, my real true calling? Okay. And you may say it's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and being a pastor. But also a part of that means that I have a gift and talent as it relates to music and I can sing. But truth of the matter is, uh, I'm called to be this as it relates to that. And that's my primary. But as, as it relates to ministry on a broader form, not only can I do this, but I can also do this. And doing this doesn't necessarily take away from doing this because somehow or another they're really intricately tied together. I'm still ministering. Yeah. I'm just ministering in it with a different methodology. Mm -hmm. One has to do with preaching. The other has to do with singing. Or, or my ability to play instruments and so forth and so on. So to me, it's still ministry. And the question is, you know, which one I may consider really to be my more primary, but uh, as well as that. So, so yes, I can do this without necessarily giving up this because I see them really intricately tied together. Mm -hmm. Now, can I, can I be, can I really be passionate and, and purposeful in my ministry um, on the spiritual side? And then literally just go searching and seeking after things from the carnal, earthly, and material side and those gains mm -hmm. without it impacting this over here. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I don't necessarily believe that in essence that God has a problem with us <sighs> um, can I say this? I know that <laughs> no. God I don't know that God has a problem with us having a side hustle. Mm. As long as your hustle doesn't take you away from what your real purpose is. Right, that's good. Okay. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul, who we know as being one of the greatest mm -hmm. in relationship to the New Testament church mm -hmm. in terms of his evangelistic ministry, you know, his past, his, his establishing churches and so forth and so on. When you talk about the New Testament, you've got to mention a guy by the name of Paul. Yeah. But understand that Paul, as great as a preacher he was, was also a tent maker. Mm -hmm. So there were times when he used his craft and skills to even supplement his ability, you understand, to live and to take care of his welfare and well-being. Mm -hmm. He used that vocational skill, but it didn't take him away from his primary purpose, 
of preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and winning souls for Christ. So I can't think less of Paul because there were times when he did hook up with other people who were in the same industry in the same business because it helped to supplement his own livelihood while he was still, you know, aimed and focused at being who he was as a preacher uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that there's room for people who want to explore uh, other venues as far as earning an income is concerned, but you need to again be sure that in essence exploring that, he didn't leave ministry to do tent making, mm. but because he was a tent maker, there were times when it was his means of being able to meet the needs of his ministry and his travels and so forth and so on. So there's a life right there that shows us that in essence, God, God can gift you in other ways to do other things. But please always remember what your real purpose is yeah. and walk in that purpose. Okay. That's, that's a dynamic answer. One final question for you. And I think that if you could hear the train, I think the train was the cue that we were about to wrap up. I have one last question. Uh, and hopefully this is still recorded. I had someone come in yesterday to the office. They were telling me that their father, who was a pastor, was arrested um, for misconduct in the church. Um, and there was a lot of church hurt, obviously, behind it with the congregation. And a uh, very touching moment, serious moment. We prayed and he agreed to come back in two weeks, him and his business partner. And we're going to do some business together. but which is why he was there. Um, but I told him I want him to come to church and I want to introduce him to uh, some people. I want him to meet um, a guy who had a similar past because uh, I know a pastor that went to prison and got out and he had a kind of a ro rocky past and rocky standing in the church. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted him to meet a guy, a pastor friend of mine who was the same way, had a rocky past, been to prison, got out, did a ministry booming ministry right here in San Antonio and has a similar testimony um, to show him God still loves you. God can still use you. But all that to say, one quick blurb to all of the people that are, that have, that are suffering from church hurt, maybe not as dramatic as this guy where you have a foster father that's literally going to prison behind mm. doing some stuff that he wasn't supposed to, but everyone kind of suffers church hurt in their own way at some point. To those people, what word of encouragement would you tell them? What word? I know we're shifting gears with this last question, but uh, what word of encouragement would you give them? What word of focus would you give them? What staple would you give them to submit their faith in God, even if they were been, you know, hurt by a pastor? Uh, we, you know, obviously we hear the horror stories. Um, in Christianity, if the church does a million good things, it doesn't make the news. But if mm -hmm. someone falls away, it's all over every media outlet, whether it's the struggles that the Catholic Church has had or some of the struggles that the evangelistic church has had. But to those that have that have went, experienced church, because it happens and we need to address it. What would you say to those people? Yeah. <laughs> I would say that uh, let's, let's first of all understand that 
um, what we quote unquote call church hurt, um, there's another dynamic to that picture and it is relational because um, whether, whether the father was a pastor or not, okay, if he were just another person, another parishioner, another member, anybody else, then bottom line is that son would have to learn how to adjust and to adapt to um, uh, what is taking place and, and, and the father being displaced, going prison, so forth and so on. So yes, they are both connected to church, but before you get to the church part, there's the relational the person, aspect, yeah. the, the personal relational aspect that has to be addressed. And so, uh, if I if if I can if I can step into that zone as it relates to that and deal with that, then it becomes a matter of understanding that the pastor is a person, a human being like everybody else. That doesn't give him an excuse. That doesn't give him a license. It doesn't give him a get out of jail card. You know, free card as it relates to that. But it does. Let's start with the fact that that every every pastor, every church leader, uh, regardless of whatever their title and distinction is, is still a human being. Okay, subjects to faults, to failures, to mistakes, to bad choices, to decisions. You know, uh, what motivated them? How did it come about? So forth and so on. Uh, there are people who at times fall into entrapment and they didn't wake up that morning and say, you know, I'm going to go do something bad. Mm. I'm going to go do something wrong. But as a consequence and maybe, you know, as it relates to that, uh, it's simply maybe a bad choice or a series of bad choices. And then you find yourself in some very deep water. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, and it's not always about intentionally trying to get there, but you find yourself there uh, through uh, through a series of events. And so, so I'm simply saying that um, we have to understand that everybody is a human being and subject to failure, subject to having faults and so forth and so on, and is in need of forgiveness. Yeah. And so and so the pastor who fails is as in much need of forgiveness as any other person who falters or fails, who makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so it is. Um, what the Bible helps us to to come to understand is is that we have to learn how uh, to be forgiving at all levels, yeah. regardless of the name, regardless of the title, regardless of the position. When there is a weakness, when there is a failure, when somebody falls down, when somebody gets it wrong, when they fumble the ball, uh, just like in the game of sports, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to forgive and how to say, how are we going to move on from this point as it relates to that? I wish he hadn't fumbled on the one yard line, mm-hmm. but he did. Yeah. Okay. So how do we get beyond that fumble and say that the person may have messed up at that moment? That doesn't necessarily mean that the person is totally messed up. Yeah. Okay. And, and a bad person simply because at that moment, at a crucial moment, quite possibly a game winning moment became a game losing moment. Simply because they fumbled the ball, and so it is. Uh, how do we? How do we? How do we? How do we forgive? There are there are other um, uh, reasons why uh, people sometimes find themselves in in very bad positions, and we got to understand 
that in essence, um, the devil is busy on every front and not just one front. You know, he's after everybody he can possibly move in through. And so uh, even if that's a pastor, you know, his ultimate aim is to impact the kingdom. Yeah. And so anybody that he can move through and work through um, as a relation to that, uh, he will aim to do because his ultimate goal is not so much that individual. His ultimate goal is how it will impact the kingdom. And so it is, um, uh, I would say, for the person uh, uh, who who's experienced church hurt to, number one, not idolize anybody. Yeah. Because all of us are subject to making uh, bad choices, poor choices, mistakes, where all of us are subject to being tempted by sin and even yielding to some sin as it relates to that. So don't idolize anybody uh, as far as the human side is concerned, because when you idolize them and when something doesn't go right in terms of that, Mm. you're in for a major letdown. And so the only person we are supposed to really esteem to the highest level is Christ himself. Mm. He is the ultimate standard. But as far as our humanity is concerned, it means that if you if you're looking to me to be perfect, then you're already perfectly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) As it relates to that. And I ought to be the best I can be and Mm. do the best. I ought to be careful about my going out and my coming in Mm. because I don't want anybody's life to be, if you will, ruined or 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 their faith to be ruptured uh, because of what they have seen you know, me do or, and, and so forth and so on, mm. that, that's not professional or that's not right, that's not godly. Mm. You don't want that to happen as far as it's concerned uh, uh, as it relates to that. And so, you know, I would say that if you've experienced some church hurt, here's what the Lord would also help you to understand. That however you have been challenged and touched by somebody else's actions, Understand this, that in all of our lives, we have committed something, done something that others are not aware of, but God is aware of. When somebody's stuff becomes public, it's easy to have a lot of focus going in that direction. Mm -hmm. But when your stuff is not public, then in essence, you're able to hide behind the veil in terms of that. But it doesn't mean that you're not guilty of something. Doesn't mean you haven't faltered or failed somewhere. Yeah, we all need it just grace. Means, yeah, yeah, we all need grace as it relates to that. And so, since everybody needs grace, we have to remember that the grace God gives us for the times that we done missed it and messed up, and and we just didn't get caught. It didn't come to the light. For all the grace that God has given to us, God wants us to be rivers mm-hmm. and not reservoirs. Mm-hmm. A reservoir holds what comes into it. Mm-hmm but a river receives something in, but it also gives something out. So the grace that God has given to us for all of our mess ups, God wants us to extend that grace as rivers into the lives of somebody else and help that person to be refreshed and that person to be renewed and that person, if you will, to be brought back into the faith and into the family and so forth and so on. Remember when Peter denied the Lord mm-hmm. before Jesus' death? Yeah. And it is after the resurrection Mm -hmm. that Jesus says, now tell my disciples, I want them to meet me. And then he puts this in there. 
and tell Peter to come also. He know he messed up. I know he messed up. But in spite of his failure, he's not a failure because I'm going to still use him in relationship to fulfilling his purpose. Yeah. And so it is. Many people have failures in life, but God doesn't put everybody on the trash heap, yeah. on the pile, because they've had a failure. Moses messed up, killed an Egyptian, but God turned it around and used him for his, for his glory. And I could go on and on down the line as it relates to that. So again, it's not trying to say that it's okay for us to falter and to fail, but to say, if we do falter and fail, the same God who gives grace in other situations, then that grace has to be extended through us even to others who've made mistakes mm, basically and put, get beyond the hurts. Basically put Jesus on the pedestal, not people. Without a doubt. Now I have Matter to say- fact, Can I say this? Yeah, go ahead. You know, I should be sitting over there. You should be sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, but I know one thing for sure. I've never seen Porsche this quiet. I think since you're here, her, her pastor's here. She's uh, she's on good behavior. She's on good behavior. I'm, I'm always on good behavior. She loves this. This shame the devil. Tell the truth. <laughs> you always be trying me on this video. Every video you got to try me. You know what? It's okay. Well, here, here, here's what I want to do. I want to tell you number one. Thank you for the plug while I go. You know, uh, it's not necessarily good for me to beat my own drum, mm -hmm. but when somebody, you know, beats it for me, that's pretty good because earlier she said, hold on just a minute. Mm -hmm. Let me just let y'all know that that's my pastor. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think she even said it with a little bit of kind of, you know. A little zeal. Yeah. yeah. Well, a little zeal, but along with the zeal, I think she had a little bit of uh, ebonicness to it. <laughs> she, she didn't say P A S T O R. She said P A S Z. That's my passer. <laughs> and so, so, so I want you know I want to thank the Lord for you. You know she's a wonderful person, wonderful spirit, mm -hmm. such a great supporter in relationship to the church and her involvement level. I mean, it's just really off the charts mm -hmm. in terms of what she does in the life of our church. And I just don't know who and where we would be without her. So every church needs a Porsche. Yeah. Really do. Huh? Huh? Hold on to what the puff said. Let's get the puff out. <laughs> every church needs a Porsche uh, because it's, 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 about, it's about the kind of support she gives. It's about the kind of spirit she has. It's about the kind of service that she renders. And listen, people can be so self-centered as it relates to that. But thank God for those who are not self-centered. And sometimes people can be so self-righteous. So I'm grateful to God that this sister that I'm looking at right now is neither self-centered, nor is she self-serving, and neither is she self-righteous. I think she's a real good saint. Well, I, I, I think so. I'm not ready to trade her in yet. So <laughs> It's too late for that. Too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... I want to give you a chance to, tr to plug the church. And, and before you do, I get to get to plug it a little bit for you uh, in saying that uh, there's not a lot of places where I, I, I lay my gifting. Um, I feel that I'm and not 
not to be braggadocious, I say this really humbly. I believe God has put talents and gifts in me. And you have to protect those gifts because not everybody will uh, use those gifts in a good way. Um, so when I laid my giftings down at, at a church and at a pastor's feet is because I believe he is someone that chases after God. He is someone that loves God. And he is someone that sees that is still on fire for the bigger picture and that's saving souls. Uh, so I just want to applaud you. You're 34 years in the character of the man that I know you to be. Now with that, tell people, tell the world, tell the viewers, um, a little, why they should come out to Wheatley Heights, um, Baptist church on mid crown as, as Porsche first Baptist church. Baptist church. Mm -hmm. Um, and give the, 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 you know, the two minute elevator pitch on the amazing church that it is, why people should come and visit. Um, and, uh, well, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see two minutes. Hold on just a minute. I'm a Baptist preacher. You <laughs> asked me for two minutes. Let me see. Let me, <laughs> let me see what I can do here. All right. Oh, uh, spirit-led, Bible-fed. Mm. Spirit-led, Bible-fed. When you come to Wheatley Heights First Baptist Church, I think that you have to almost um, uh, agree for those who've been there. I would believe that they would certainly agree with me on this. And that is that our church is, is a spirited church. Spiritual church, spirited church, and a place where, in essence, uh, worship takes place and we believe that in essence, um, we owe God and we should give to God a, a kind of worship and level of worship that shows our own personal uh, excitement and experience as it relates to our walk of faith with God. Mm -hmm. And so uh, our excitement is demonstrated in so many other places, you know, in terms of sports arena, uh, media, and all of that type of stuff. And so we believe that in essence, uh, there ought to be a kind of energy and excitement uh, that comes when you come into the house of God. And I believe you get that at Wheatley Heights First Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you like, if you like, um, um, uh, back in the day, I used to go to parties. And that was a long, long, long time ago. That's why I said back in the day, I used to go to parties. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to go to a party where it was live, where there was energy, mm -hmm. where things were happening. And rather than going to one where everything was dead, nobody was moving, you know, the music was was dry, drab, dead, whatever case may be. You always wanted to be somewhere where it looked like it was alive. And I believe one of the reasons why y'all want to come to Wheatley Heights First Baptist Church is because what takes place there is all about life and being lively in terms of that. And so um, uh, also, uh, you, not only should you want to come because it is a worshipful experience that helps to generate life, give life, and help you experience uh, an, an atmosphere that empowers you and, and moves you. But I think that also when you get down to it, it is our desire to, to help you to understand some of the fundamental things of life that stabilizes your life. So it's not just about inspiration. It's about getting information that helps your life to have balance 
in other places as well. And so we invite you to come to our church because we not only want you to experience the inspiration side, but we want you to also gain from us the information that helps to bring balance to life because life is, life is, um, wow, very challenging. And the words of the old people from back in the day, if it's not one thing, it's another. Yeah. And so we want you to be able to learn how to make the adjustments to life as, as they say, and be able to find the balance you need to go from day to day. Um, we are moving into a, into a new realm as it relates to our church and, and our vision for the future in terms of that. So we're moving into a, a broader social media realm relative to Facebook and Instagram. We're moving into a larger realm into what we call our e-church movement. Right. So that in essence, uh, we are one church literally in 50 states and not only 50 states, but going global to where we are reaching people around the world. So right now we're in the planning process of being able to establish connections in every state of the United States of America to where our church has exposure and people who are not going to church and attending church can certainly through the internet uh, capabilities and what we call e-church be able to engage in church, experience church, and in essence come to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, have the ability to become members of our church, even if they're in another state and have the benefits that come educationally through our e-church program, mm -hmm. learning the word of God, being moved, being prayed for the whole nine yards. So the bottom line is we're taking church, if you will, to a whole nother level uh, as it relates to that. And we're dreaming big. We're not dreaming small. We're dreaming big. And it's not for our, uh, it's, it's not about us being big but it's about doing big things for him. It's about understanding our purpose and want to try to fulfill that purpose in the biggest way we can. And so I believe that it has to be, it has to be a God-sized test, a God-sized challenge. And so that's what we're aiming at. We're aiming at doing a God-sized thing that in the end, nobody can help us to accomplish it but God, but we're not doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for him. Mm -hmm. Well, amen, you have it there. Well. Yes. Once again, I am Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is the amazing Porsche Franklin. Porsche D. Franklin. And I want to just thank Dr. L.A. Williams, uh, senior pastor, for coming out and spending some time with us this evening. You, you know, every episode seems to get better and better and better. Um, so I'm really, really glad that we did this series. Um, word from our leaders and just meeting with senior pastors. Um, you've just, you know, dumped a wealth of knowledge on us. Um, and I'm sure when I'm going back and editing the video and watching it, uh, I'm gonna just pull even more and more from it. Um, this has been just great. So thanks for coming out and, and hanging out with us for a little bit. Well, you're welcome. Could I ask you to pray for a particular thing that we're also purposing to do? Yeah, absolutely. We're looking at uh, doing a uh, community development corporation mm -hmm. that is not focused on property and infrastructure, but focused on people. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the other things I was talking about in terms of the social media uh, connections and the e-church, mm -hmm. here locally, yeah. it's about what we're aiming at doing to improve the lives and the quality of people and not, if you will, properties, 
People need better housing, yes. But above needing better housing, we need to learn how to be better people and to have better social relationships and so forth and so on. And that's not necessarily between neighbor and neighbor. Sometimes it's between uh, parents and children in the same house, spouses in the same house. Mm -hmm. And so it is, we're looking at what we can do uh, from a community development, a cooperation side of bringing together programs that help people to have improved lives in their relationships, whether they are uh, personal relationships or whether they're social relationships, and how do we make you help you to become a better uh, citizen of the society in which you live that improves the quality of life for everybody uh, all the way around. And so pray with us about uh, being able to accomplish that uh, because we're up and running now uh, in terms of trying to get the pieces together uh, to make that happen uh, with the after school program for children, dealing with all of the major issues that really plague our community and society. So we're looking at teaming together with others to make that possible uh, right now. So we need prayer for that. Absolutely. And if you would like to be a part of that, uh, make sure you reach out. Is there a number to the church or is there an email? Uh, certainly. The number to the church is 210-590-3483. Once again, 210-590-3483. And our email address is uh, the initials of our church, WHFBC, F as in Frank, B as in Bart, uh, C as in Charles, the number one at Yahoo, WHFBC1 at Yahoo.com. And certainly, if you're a person who's uh, hearing me talk about some of the things we are purposing and projecting to do, and you've got some expertise in those particular areas, uh, we're looking for people who can be a part of our initial uh, committee and advisory board and all of that as we're formulating the, uh, and I call it uh, Christian Community Development Cooperation. Mm -hmm. And again, our real aim is helping to improve people's lives more than property and infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We'll let the city of San Antonio address those things and other agencies, Mm -hmm. but we want to do all that we can to improve the lives of the people in our community. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming out. Make sure if you can help, I always uh, say prayer is great. A lot of times God gives us the answer through people. Um, that's why we're here. Uh, Jesus gave the example of the good Samaritan. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't Hebrew. He wasn't a priest. He was just a good guy. And Jesus says, Hey man, I I need those good guys on my team. So it's good to pray. Um, but I like the Bob golf book that says love does, uh, when you love people, you get out there and do it. So if you would like to be a part of this, uh, powerful movement to change this city or any city, wherever you are. Um, give this church a call and they can teach you, uh, you can join the movement or they can probably help you get a similar movement going in your city. Once again, Levi Johnny Griffin and this is Portia Franklin Pauls. The church is also Facebook and don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. We love your comments. Questions. We do love your comments. Thank you. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow, look at that. Pastor Steve right there.